Welcome to the Weird Internet Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Jarrell, and my two co-hosts, Hondro and Chris. Hey, what's poppin', y'all? Hey, excited for this week's episode. Yes. Today's episode is going to be covering something very relevant, very weird, and very, I dare say, edgy. I think a few episodes ago, we mentioned that we'd be diving into the edgier parts the more degenerate side of the internet. And somehow that degeneracy bled into our realities. Didn't just stay on the internet. Didn't just stay in its own little space. Uh, It became the most talked topic of the past two weeks as of the time of this recording. So come join us as we explore the origins, the current events, as well as the actually very, very current and developing occurrences that are coming about with this community. Wall Street Bets, that has been the most talked about subreddit, along with Robinhood, for the past two weeks. What is it? Where did it come from? Why is it? And how? These questions are what we'll try to answer in this one hour or less podcast. To start us off, Wall Street Bets, the subreddit, was created in 2012 by a guy of the name Jamie Rogozinski. I think I'm pronouncing it. Jaime. Jaime? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jaime Rogozinski. While he was working as an information technology consultant, for the Inter-American Development Bank in Washington, D.C. The current 39-year-old who lives in Mexico City found that while visiting internet forums in the early 2010s, he would be told by fellow investors that his investing style was more akin to gambling and wasn't really a viable investment strategy. By the way, all of this is completely taken from the Wall Street Journal, so it's I just want to throw that source out there so that I'm not claimed for plagiarism because it's... Shout out to the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Shout out. Thank you for doing the homework for us. But I think the more interesting history of this subreddit comes from knowyourmeme.com. Ah, the true source of truth right there. Yes, the absolute source of truth that we should look towards for the true history because... Wall Street Bets is a subreddit that describes itself as 4chan, but as if it was inside a Bloomberg terminal, something like that. The tagline for their subreddit is, like 4chan found a Bloomberg terminal. So if our listeners don't know what 4chan is, I'm in the same boat. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Chris. I'm not going to explain this very well, but... Yeah, so 4chan is an online message board where I guess it's sort of the original place on the internet where people started like sharing hella memes and stuff like that. But 4chan is especially known for its slash B or like the, the random board. And it's pretty famous for spawning all sorts of really degenerate, really fucked up internet culture, some of which has actually leaked into the real world like i guess not to get too dark but there's been cases where like school shooters have posted on 4chan that they were gonna shoot up schools before they did it and all sorts of really weird fucked up shit that happens on 4chan i don't think it's like that anymore but historically that's kind of where 4chan was and so you can imagine taking that kind of culture and applying it to investing and you can kind of can make your own judgment on how that would work out. And that's kind of what Wall Street Bets is. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Chris, for covering the information that I do not know. <laughs> what we do. <laughs> but to continue from that, I guess, tagline, uh, there are some important events in the past, I guess, eight years or nine years of history in Wall Street Bets that has kind of set the tone for the way this subreddit has set its culture and 
the way that they interact with people inside the community. So according to knowyourmeme.com, as we mentioned before, in 2013, there was a competition between two users that were trading options and trading penny stocks. So I guess they were trying to see if they could game the system in a way they could make more money than each other. So they really didn't really give a shit about what they were doing. In 2015, the subreddit experienced a modpocalypse. So if listeners don't know what a modpocalypse is, in subreddits, they have these moderators. And that's what they just call mods uh, for short. And when a subreddit experiences a modpocalypse, usually there's a lot of shifting of moderators as well as just randomly adding and disregarding the rules for that community. And so uh, most notably, Martin Shkreli, <laughs> uh, also known as Pharma Bro, for those who don't remember who Martin Shkreli is, he's the guy who got arrested for hiking up the price, I think, of like insulin or another life-saving drug. Durprim. What was that, Chris? Durprim. Oh, Durprim. Okay. Yes. Martin Shkreli, he hiked up the price of like that drug of like 500%, got arrested and became this huge meme online. He was a mod at that time. And we actually have a screenshot of him posting his like farewell <laughs> to the to the Wall Street Bets community as he was kicked out of that community for being a part of the modpocalypse. So the subreddit kind of had a little bit of a lull. They just do a lot of options trading. They do this thing called a YOLO, which is basically you only live once and they do things that investors generally shouldn't do if they're trying to be risk averse about their money. And in <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So in in 2018, the guy who is known for the whole GameStop fiasco, his user is called Deep Fucking Value. He actually started his call, one of his YOLO calls for GameStop in 2018. So this has actually been an ongoing thing in the subreddit. He's actually been a joke because GameStop really didn't have the real value that uh, people kind of see it now um, in 2018 because it was a dying stock since 2018. But anyways, other really interesting origin history. In 2019, there was a bit more activity on the subreddit as we had users figure out about this Robinhood bug that they exploited to make like a crap ton of money. And then further in 2019, that's when there was a lot more risk taking that resulted in hundreds of thousands of dollars lost. And then leading up into 2020, where they basically kind of tried to show the world who they were. Um, I think the founder, Jaime Rogozinski, he released a book in early 2020, showcasing basically everything that's happening on Wall Street Bets and the craziness that it is. But because he tried to release a book and tried to monetize it, Wall Street Bets actually kicked him out of his own subreddit. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that violated their own policies. Like, ironically enough, the, the creator himself was ousted because he didn't follow his own rules. But anyways, yeah, so that's the short history, I think, of this subreddit, which is super interesting because... It showcases that these people just don't give a shit about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you were back on Reddit, like back then, and you wanted to look for any kind of financial advice, you'd go on our personal finance or our investing. And if you've ever gone on either of those subs, they are super risk averse. You know, you come in with anything short of investing in the most conservative, most stable investment vehicle. And they'll tell you that's way too risky, blah, blah, blah. So I totally see why and where, you know, Wall Street bets came from is this, you know, you have this group of people that want risk and they want big gains with without any sort of, you know, thinking about the downside risk of any of this. And I've been on Wall Street bets since like 2014 or 15. Initially, it was really small. And it was really shunned by the rest of the Reddit financial advice community because, you know, all, a lot of these people were making, you know, a lot of money 
but also a crazy amount of people were losing a shit ton of money too, like crazy amounts. And, you know, back then it was pretty small, but I think what really kicked off the growth was when Robinhood started allowing the trading of options contracts that just opened up this world of irresponsible investing to a whole new generation of, you know, people that they weren't sophisticated financial institutions. These were just random dudes that had Robin Hood. And, you know, you, you got to sort of meme out on how much money you made or lost and it became a whole like meme in and of itself. And it's crazy to see how much it's grown over the last couple of years. You know, the uh, interesting thing, Chris, is I'm pretty sure I downloaded Robin Hood after you showed me this app. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure in 2015 or, you know, when I first met you, Chris, that was actually when I got introduced to Robinhood. And then that's actually around the same time I got introduced to Reddit as well as Wall Street. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I would assume that's about the same time that I lost about $1,000 on a YOLO trade on fucking oil futures based on advice from wall street bets so i am no stranger to just how fucking stupid some of this advice can be but the thing about wall street bets is 85 percent of it is just people being fucking stupid betting on stocks with no real you know understanding of like how to do any kind of real analysis but you know they're like oh like this stock looks good let's go in on it but the other 15%, actually, you know, if you can sniff out the rest of that 15% that like actually do real analysis, there's some good stuff out there. Yeah, I just like remember back in the day where like everyone was just showing their gains and losses. Like it was just basically this subreddit to show off how much you lost. <laughs> it was a, it was a, oh, yeah. like it, it literally flipped the whole kind of thought about. Mm-hmm bragging is only for winners like these guys were mm-hmm. straight up so proud of losing 70 80 90 grand i just thought these individuals were insane but i think that's also why they made a lot of money is because they were willing to risk entire portfolios of worth hundreds of thousands of dollars just for for the chance to post it for internet points <laughs> exactly exactly do you think like Chris, you might know better than either Drill or myself, but is there other people on this sub that actually like consistently make money and like have good analysis? Uh, yeah. So there's a couple like you know a handful of users that will post. Yes, the flare tag is D for basically just due diligence into a, okay. a stock, and you know some people well, you know, every couple of weeks will post something like, hey, this is my analysis on why I think this stock will do very well. And some of these DD posts are absolute shit posts. You'll see, you'll see like the dumbest shit. Some of it's like being shit posty on purpose. Like they'll just post a screenshot from like um, something like Elon Musk said on Twitter. And then they'll say like, buy Tesla right fucking now. Like th- that's meme D. But other people will actually do some pretty sophisticated either like technical analysis or, you know, analysis into like options flows, you know, actually makes sense. And you just need to kind of sniff out what's good and what's not, which is really hard in the beginning. But, you know, I've definitely had some like, you know, good shit come out of Wall Street bets. And I've definitely lost a lot on Wall Street bets too. So it's, it's a mixed bag for sure. Good to know. I think it seems like a lot of the like camaraderie aspect comes from like losing. And that's why, I mean, it seems like that's why people are so okay. Maybe not even for the internet clout. Like that's probably a big aspect of it, but just the fact of like, Oh shit, bro. Like you lost this much too. That's crazy. And it's just like this, this community that can get behind losing a shit ton of money, just like for shits and giggles, which is like crazy to me. Cause I'm like the most risk averse person when it comes to finances. So just like, thinking about putting like 50 grand on the line just to like meme is just like mind boggling to me. Exactly. And and the, and the majority of people on that subreddit aren't people putting 50 grand down. But those are the people that, you know, get upvoted the most. And so it kind of <laughs> drives the, the discourse. But 
I think a lot of what you see, especially before this uh, whole GameStop fiasco, which really you know, gave a purpose to the community, if you could call it that, is um, <laughs> oh, a lot of times like before like earnings calls for certain companies that were reporting like how much they made in a certain quarter, a lot of people would be like, yo, like I'm going to stick like, X amount of money, some crazy amount of money into Apple right before earnings. And other people would be like, fuck it, I'm in. And then you would have these comment threads of people just sticking like crazy amounts of money into highly speculative, highly unstable <laughs> trades. But there's definitely that camaraderie aspect of it. And that's why I think, you know, bets is definitely like a community where irresponsible financial advice and very irresponsible investing activities are gamified, turned into, it's essentially a game. And it's pretty funny to watch. It's also, I've definitely seen a lot of people lose like life-changing amounts of money. So maybe that's not too fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword. But I think the funny thing about it is it's a meme. It's literally just a meme. And it has bled itself into our reality. Even though before, before all this, Wall Street bets wasn't really talked about. Like you would have never heard, like everybody kind of woke up to the fact that, oh shit, there is a community online that is quote unquote conspiring to do some crazy shit. But what's really fascinating with all this is that, and I think we're going to cover this in a future episode, this community has been pretty strong. I think there's been about 2 million members in the subreddit for the past like two and a half years. And the fact that the media only picked it up once they made a dent in the market kind of showcases how ignorant they are about the communities that exist on this, uh, on these platforms. And the, like the one that I was going to mention about for, you know, for a future episode, like QAnon, even 4chan, right? These things are only brought up to light when it's mentioned in mainstream. But now... It's kind of hard to ignore that. This is 5 million people, I think, now on this subreddit. It's a sizable amount of people to shift the market if they wanted to. Or it, is it 8 million now? I'm not sure what the current number is for the subreddit. Oh, yeah. Something crazy. But yeah, no, you're exactly right on that. I mean, it's, it's totally unprecedented. And, you know, like, I, I truly believe there is going to be, like, movies made about this and you know, people talking about this in classrooms. Like, this is kind of one of the most prominent examples of, you know, or on displays of how retail traders, like, you know, normal people like you and me getting together and coordinating over the internet to actually you know, topple the trading strategies of institutional investors like hedge funds have historically, they have always had the upper hand and a lot of people like forget that, but like these people always have the upper hand. They always win. This is one of those few cases where for once normal people were able to coordinate over the internet to beat them. And I think that is something worth, that is something very newsworthy. I, I was really surprised when this actually happened. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered the origins and kind of the historical stuff and the more recent history. So why don't we dive into the current events? Take it away, Hondro. Yeah, for sure. So I, I thought it would be nice because I actually wasn't very educated about this whole GME situation, even as it was kind of going on. I guess I just kind of got caught up with whatever I was doing. And so when I sat down to actually understand what some of the terminology was and, and what really happened? It's kind of mind-blowing, uh, like Chris said. So I guess just to break a couple things down. So the first thing you might hear floating around is short selling. So what is short selling? Short selling is when you think a stock price is going to drop in the near future. And so what you do is you borrow a share. So let's say, let's just take GME, for example. Let's say you borrow a share of GME from your broker. So it, it could be like Robinhood, for example. And let's say at the time that you borrow GME, it's 10 bucks and you sell that share. And so eventually, since you borrowed that share, you're going to need to buy that share back and give it back to your broker. But 
the price drops to $5 a share instead of 10. So you sold it at $10 and now you rebuy at $5. So you buy back that GME share and you've made a $5 profit, right? So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty straightforward example, but think about if you're a hedge fund and instead of buying one share, you're buying, I don't know, 10,000 10 shares, oh, okay. 10, 10 million, shares. <laughs> 10 million shares. Sure. And with Jimmy, that's very realistic because it was at like a dollar, $2 earlier this year. So like, yeah, you could buy a couple million and like, like that's a reasonable amount because hedge funds just have a stupid amount of money. But think about it this way though. When you have a bunch of, when you're shorting a bunch of stocks, how do you make, like, how can you get fucked over? And the way is if that price goes up, it doesn't go down, but it goes up. So now you have to rebuy those borrowed stocks at a higher price and you lose money. So now when you think about those 2 million shares that you put in a GME at $10, what if those, what if GME goes up to a hundred bucks? Now you're paying $90 extra per share at like what? 2 million shares total, you're going to have to buy all that shit back. That's going to be ridiculous. You're going to lose a shit ton of money. And not only that, but if you're buying all those shares at such a high price, that's only going to make the share price go up even more. Correct me if I'm wrong here. No, that's right. You're uh, explaining that, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. And in this case, what I guess what people on Wall Street bets realized was, well, one, when you open up a, a short selling position uh, or a position as in, you know, you, you, bet, you bet that a stock is going down, this is all publicly recorded. It's actually accessible. You can see, you can't see exactly who, but you can see how much of a certain stock was bought or sold. And you can see through options contracts, whether they think that price is going up or down. And what essentially ended up happening on Wall Street Bets is, you know, some people were looking at GameStop stock and GameStop because it's such an unsexy stock before this. Yeah, um, the trading volume exactly. The trading volume was extremely low in the sense that there's just not that much GameStop like being traded in a, in any given day. What they realized is you had a couple of activist investors, and these are either hedge funds or you know investors, institutional investors who will short the stock and then release research reports about the stock or the company and their whole plan is to sort of lower the stock price by releasing information about a company releasing reports about a company that make investors you know feel more bearish on a stock or you know they think it's going to go down and so this whole story i think it was two firms um, in particular i think it was melvin capital and it was citroen research and these two firms both had huge short selling positions in GameStop um, and were releasing uh, reports on you know how the stock actually deserves to be X percent lower. What Wall Street Bets realized is that because GameStop was such an undertraded stock, they were actually sell short selling more shares than there were that existed in the market. I think you know, the short the short interest is up to like 120% or something. And what you have then is, as Hondra was just describing, you have people shorting more stock than exists. And the issue then is if a bunch of people buy that stock and hold on to it and refuse to sell, then these institutional investors, when it comes time to return the stock to their broker, they need to buy stock regardless of what it costs. And when you constrict the supply by buying a shit ton of GameStop stock, value has to go up. And that's what's called a short squeeze. And that's exactly what happened when the stock went up however many percent. Do you, do you remember? It was, it was 140% amount. at one point. Yeah, some crazy amount. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I think I think the insane part about all of this, which a lot of retail investors also known as the layman the us you me us. everybody who isn't an institutional investor we realized that there was a collusion of one utilizing the media as an arm to showcase their research 
And then secondly, they're doing this to really just mess up these companies. Like to essentially sell more shares than there are means that you're a hundred percent certain this company is going to die. It is just like, there's no way this company is going to recover. And I think that really hit a chord, I think with the individuals in wall street bets. And so I think that's the reason why it got weaponized to the way it did. They were like, what? Like we hate GameStop, but we don't hate them that much. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the enemy of my enemy is our friend. <laughs> so it's like, well, they might they might have given me thirty cent return on my thirty dollar DS game, but you know what? They probably don't deserve this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's exactly how this was all like you know starting in the beginning was you know in the beginning this wasn't political at all. It was really just people on Wall Street bets were trying to make money off of GameStop. And then what, how this all started escalating was when Citroen Research, the one of the original you know, big firms that was short-selling GameStop and was trying to release reports, really started getting mouthy on Twitter. You know, They were saying like, hey, if you're buying the stock at this price, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> that really riled up Wall Street bets you know, investors, or if you could call them that, gamblers. We'll call them gamblers. And so that's what mobilized a bunch of people into basically saying like, hey, like, fuck the fundamentals, fuck the revenue, fuck the numbers, just fucking buy the stock. Like at it's at where it is right now, as long as you as long as enough people buy the stock, you can't lose. That is exactly what happened. Basically, it really comes down to this hedge fund trying to be all smart assy and going like, oh, no, this stock doesn't belong at this price to mobilize an entire internet community of people with bad risk management to stick their entire life savings oh, into man. the stock, driving it up. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and I think there was some funny current events kind of going on at the same time leading up to the GameStop stuff. One is the impending market correction that everybody's kind of been waiting for where supposedly the market is supposed to kind of dip and correct itself a correction means like all the stocks are overvalued right now so they would go to the valuation that they should be and the other thing is oh, yeah. the stimmy checks the stimmy checks <laughs> uh, that's been a meme for like the past three four months since the stimulus checks were given out and on Wall Street bets, that has been a really ongoing joke since the pandemic started. It's just been, oh, I'm throwing my stimmy check money into XYZ stocks, you know, because it's quote unquote free money. And so I think it's really interesting because there was already that momentum even before the whole GameStop uh, short squeeze fiasco, where there were people joining the subreddit taking into account what's going on and also just this presence of mind about Robin Hood and throwing your money into stocks because you have nothing else to do with your stimulus checks. Obviously, that's mainly for the people who have the disposable income to use the the stimulus checks that way. But I think it's interesting that a lot of things kind of lined up for enough people to be on Robin Hood at the same time because... That's another feat in and of itself is the fact that there was enough people who were on Robinhood who could throw their money into this right at the same time. Yeah. I mean, ever since the pandemic started, like I was on Wall Street bets for, you know, this whole period, especially after COVID hit. You basically have a bunch of people who are stuck at home, who have a lot of time on their hands, who might have, you know, they're not going out. They have money that's just sitting there. A lot of people who are just invested or not invested, interested in investing. And this is beyond just people that are on Wall Street bets. This is just random people who are, you know, saying, oh, like maybe I should just invest in the stock market. And some percentage of those people are going to go on Reddit and find Wall Street bets. Yeah. So you just, you could see throughout this whole, like after the lockdown started and COVID kind of like hit its stride and kept going and tech stock valuations just blew up. You saw this huge interest in you know, retail investing, basically investing through Robinhood or something like that by the layman. And that definitely contributed to making this whole GameStop 
short squeeze happen because you know you need to have a lot of people make something like this happen and covid and all these other external factors were definitely a huge part of you know making that happen absolutely absolutely and i think this really goes to show that the internet has a lot left to give like this just blew (laughs) everything out of what I ever expected from the internet, just because of how siloed so many of these communities are. And for once, we saw political parties agreeing with one another that the system needs to change. (laughs) And I think that in and of itself, once again, indicates that there is something that they've touched with this whole kind of situation. But now I think it requires the right direction. In fact, I think what Mark Cuban actually did an AMA on Wall Street Bets today. Uh, is that right? I think. That did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I think some highlights in his AMA was that this is just the beginning, right? You find brokers and platforms that can afford trillion dollars of assets being moved around and you won't have a situation where the hedge funds can get bailed out. You won't have a situation where you're only on margin accounts. So you're only technically borrowing the stock. So there's a lot of potential, I think, in the future for stronger mobilization as well as more random and interesting situations (laughs) like this one. I think this is just the start. But I don't think it's going to happen as soon. And I don't think it's going to be revolutionary like most people think. Yeah. And I guess yeah, to, kind of, oh, to kind of just a slight tangent, and this might be a bit of a stretch. So please just tell me to stop as soon as it starts getting a little ridiculous. But all right, it's, all right, all right. it's very difficult to get people, young people, excited about personal finance. Like a lot of, I mean, I can attest like a lot of my friends who are, like out of college and they should be very interested in like saving money and all that stuff. Like they just don't give a fuck. They'll just drop, drop like $60 on like a battle pass for a game. And it's like, that's happening every like three months. And it's like, dude, that adds up. But like, do you guys think this interest, like this, this is almost like a gamified way to, I'm not going to say invest. Cause it really isn't. It's just like writing a way, writing like a meme. But do you think this could potentially lead to, you know, increased awareness about personal finances, investing, maybe like sensible investing to an extent? Because really, this is a great example of what not to do. I, 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 I see, I see what you're saying. I think that my perspective on this is that Wall Street bets. You know, at, a, at its core, is like a very bad idea. You know, like this is investment advice that nobody should be following. And it only really makes sense if you're, you know, if you're investing, quote unquote, or gambling with money that you can afford to lose, which is like, basically what I'm trying to say is do your safe investing, max out your 401k, do all that shit first. And then whatever money you have left over, yeah, throw it at the open market. See what you can do. And but the thing is, like, that's only very privileged people have like the financial ability to do that. To be both, you know, investing safely and responsibly, and also investing in a very risky way. And I think that Wall Street bets ultimately, you have a subreddit that shows people that you know YOLO, you know, 10k and turn it into like you know, $20 million. You see that, like, it's very hard to not drive for that. Even if you're not in a position where you could just lose $10,000 and come out on the other side, virtually unscathed. You know what I mean? Like the people that are making a lot of, you don't know their life circumstances. Yes. Some of these people may be, you know, people who are struggling, who like really put it on the line. These people could also be, you know, investment bankers where 10K doesn't really mean anything. And in fact, like, I think the majority of people that are making these huge bets are probably people like that, where these these outsized sums of money that are being gambled, essentially, don't really, like, yeah, sure, losing 10K would suck. But 
it, there wouldn't really be a material difference in the quality of their life or what they can do. Whereas I think a lot of the people that are getting sucked into the Wall Street bets like community are definitely people who, you know, like 10K might be a life-changing amount of money. And they're choosing to YOLO it based on, you know, the enthusiasm and boldness of other people on the internet who might have a lot less to lose. And so ultimately, I do think that, you know, this could be something that's not very good, if that's probably the tamest way it could put it. I, I think it's it could be very dangerous, but it certainly is really fun to see all these posts and upload them. Like, I, I'm having a good time reading all this shit. Yeah, well, I think to add to your point, Chris, because you have been a resident of this subreddit, and I, I think I've also kind of been an outside observer for the past maybe three, four years, we kind of have this expectation about what this community is. But a lot of people are pretty new to that community, as well as even this type of internet culture where everything's a joke <laughs> where like even at your own expense everything is a joke like right. you're, you you treat yourself as horribly as you treat others essentially on on this subreddit <laughs> and so to answer your question then alejandro will it inspire i think other people to pick up financial literacy i will say partially yes and the reason i say that is People have actually reached out to me in the past couple of weeks asking me about this stuff, being like, hey, Jarrell, I know that you, this is stuff that you're interested in. I know that you're all about the market and finance and economics. Like, can you give me a lowdown about this? Can you explain this to me? So I think there is an interest, a, re a revived interest. But at the end of the day, it still needs to come intrinsically. Like if they're not continuously trying to figure out these mechanisms that run our world every day, then it's just a fluke. It's just a bandwagon effect. They just don't want to, you know, feel like they're missing out on this whole fiasco and theatrics. But I think there is a sizable amount of people that have now brought this to top of mind just because of opportunities. They're like, oh, oh shit, like if I just leave my 50K sitting in the bank doing nothing, it just loses value. That, I mean, that's those are things that people post-grad don't really think about. They think of dollars as being a static value. But after this whole thing with Wall Street bets, the GameStop you know, squeeze and everything else going on, the value of the dollar doesn't seem as static as it used to be. So, yeah, I think that hopefully answers part of that question, Hondro. <laughs> yeah, and and I totally agree with that. I mean, it's it's hard to, you know, see other people just press a couple buttons on their smartphone and turn $1,000 into, you know, $50,000 and think like, oh, wow, it's really that easy and not do that. You know what I mean? Like, especially like, if you don't know much about how truly risky the market can be and also just how inherently rigged the market is against people like you and I, like retail investors, you know, you have your couple people that win, but like the majority of people lose at this game. And I think that Wall Street bets probably creates this illusion that, really that easy to make you know a couple thousand dollars just by pressing a couple buttons when in reality it's it's a lot harder than that yeah, um and search too and there's exactly it's, it's an entire it's an entire field of study i think which goes over a lot of people's heads it's not just oh if you do this and do that you'll make money it's nah dude this is the, like people are hired you get phds and really some <laughs> people working on this for a reason exactly exactly i mean uh, we have actually lost Alejandro. His laptop randomly shut down. So he probably went to go uh, gamble on some stocks. That's probably what he did. Oh, yeah, that's it. He's like, I'm so inspired by this conversation that I should just throw all my energy into cryptocurrency and start mining now. <laughs> just kidding. Exactly. We did not even mention anything about crypto today. So <laughs> that makes no sense. But let's quickly just take a quick break on this. 
so that we can get Alejandro back on here and start talking about ratings for this community. Yeah, get him off of Robinhood and back onto Discord. Yes, absolutely. We'll be right back after this short ad break. And welcome back from the short break. So just before the break, we kind of discussed the origins, the current events going on in this wonderful subreddit internet community. And we did a little bit of a discussion of what does this mean to the grander world, I guess, like our circles. And then we lost Hondro, but Hondro is now back. Stronger than ever. So, this brings yes, us to our... <laughs> yes, here he is. So, this brings us to our next segment, which we like to call the rating time. So, in during rating time, we give an arbitrary... I mean, sorry, not arbitrary. Chris, you corrected me last time. A very, very well-researched, very, very well-backed and sourced score out of 10 that kind of relates to how weird this community is. So with that, Chris or Alejandro, uh, who would like to give their rating for this internet community? Yeah, I'll go first. Save the best for last. Cause I, I think I'm, I'm really interested to hear your rating, Chris, but so my thoughts are, I think this, the effort that wall street bets made to kind of topple this, this big institutional, stronghold over the the stock market i think it was really interesting to see unfold and i think it was also very admirable just the fact that you could this is like a very crowdsourced movement and i think there's a lot of really cool there's a lot of like cool narratives that you can make around that it's like this is this is a very grassroots movement it's just a bunch of people organizing and rallying around this this one thing it's like you know what fuck these hedge funds and not even because we want to make money anymore, but just to say fuck you to the hedge funds. Like that is such a badass thing on some level. So <laughs> only on some levels, because on, on, on some <laughs> level, because on another level, a lot of people lost a shit ton of money. <laughs> I don't think that's very badass at all. I think that's very unfortunate. But I would say that part is like 10 out of 10. Fucking awesome. Uh, I will say that there are some aspects of Wall Street Best just in general. The whole promotion of this like yo go all in on the on like very poor researched uh, opportunities. I think that's very bad. So I'm going to even it out to like a like an 8.5 cuz I think the pros greatly outweigh the cons. I think one of the taglines of Wall Street Best is like, "Hey, this is not advice. Don't take this as advice. Don't do this. I am just doing it because memes and also because it's fun. So I say fair enough, 8.5. You guys are fucking awesome. 8.5. So it, it really hits the weird scale then. This this is out of the ordinary, in, in my opinion, for something this large scale to happen in a community. And this was the community that made it happen. So yeah, I would say this is a very outs- outstanding community in that they stand out, not that they're like, amazing it's just like they they stand out they they're really something different which i think is really cool so 8.5 wonderful wonderful great thank you hondro for that amazing score chris i want to save you for last so i will give my rating for this one um, if that's okay with you chris go for it go for it it's all you so i would like to give this internet community a rating of seven my reasoning is i still don't think this is weirder than the furries. <laughs> oh, I just hit my head. Um, I don't think this is weirder than the furries and some of the other communities that we are going to be discussing in the future are definitely even more just out there. But this is a hundred percent crazier and more degenerate than van life and vc twitter so definitely a very very strong seven there's no decimals in this one as opposed to my last few ratings because i feel very strongly about this seven out of ten score so that's my take 
Now you you can take it away, Chris. No, I don't think this community is very weird. It may be weird only in the sense of how excited these people get about losing so much money. <laughs> but I think that for something like this, you really got to look at how to rate a community holistically outside of how weird it is. So I'm going to say like, yes, like Wall Street Bats is not as weird as furries. Objectively, these are normal people doing normal things, making normal, poor financial decisions. <laughs> However, I really think that there is just this incredible aspect of how, oh, for one of the first times in history, like normal retail investors were able to get together to like say, hey, oh, fuck you to hedge funds, whether for better or for worse. I think that is something that really needs to be if not applauded i mean you don't you don't have to you know be on the same side as me on this like you could think it's a bad thing you think it's a good thing whatever i think it's truly revolutionary because of that i'm going to give this a score of 9 wow um, <laughs> the only reason i'm not giving it a 10 is because like it's not weird at all these are literally normal people but what these people have managed to do in terms of making an online community affect the real world, real real billionaires lost <laughs> millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the internet has truly, you know, leaked into you know, what what has historically been a field where where institutional investors have always had the upper hand. It's always been one of those things where like you could never win against these guys because. They always had more information. They always had more money. They always had more influence. And yet, like, against all odds, like, people managed to do it. And the story is still, like, developing. It still hasn't ended. And I, I think that's pretty incredible. I hope that these people are playing around with money they can afford to lose. A lot of what I've read on Reddit seems to suggest otherwise. But I, you know, I've got to give them props, you know, like, they've got some balls. Amazing. Amazing. Well, with our averaged score... We get a internet rate of. They're running. 8.1666667. Ooh. So I think we had a similar score for another one of these communities. I f forget. I mean, there's only. Okay, there, there's only literally been three others. So I don't know why I'm forgetting which one. But regardless. 8.1, or let's round it to 8.2. It's 8, eight and a sixth. Oh, <laughs> I think, sixth. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to, I'm <laughs> doing the mental maths. <laughs> I think a it sixth. is. A sixth. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> regardless, regardless. 8.2-ish. That's a pretty solid score. I think it definitely, within our current rankings, it, it really fits where it's supposed to be. Thinking that... This is definitely, once again, the tip of the iceberg for some of the communities that we'll be looking into. But this is a very well-deserved score. At least I think so. Anyways. Well played, Wall Street Bets. Well played. <laughs> Anyways, this is about time for our final thoughts. Chris Alejandro. Any final thoughts about Wall Street Bets or anything you want to say to the listeners who are curious? Yeah, sure. What I will say is if you are a listener who is, you know, who has been inspired by this online community to start personal investing through Robinhood, I would say definitely don't listen to Ro uh, not Robinhood. Don't listen to Wall Street Bets. That shit's not good for your personal finances. <laughs> like Listen to me, like I've been there, you know, you make your first 500 bucks by pressing a couple buttons and, you know, you get all cocky and then you lose a thousand bucks and you can't win unless you actually know something about the market. And trust me, you don't, you don't know it. And so I would exercise caution. I would be humble if you're getting into investing. If you're investing money you don't care about, fuck it, go for it. It's pretty fun. I mean, you get a huge rush out of it. I mean, look, I like personally, I turned fifteen hundred dollars into thirty-four thousand dollars, back into seven thousand dollars, and that <laughs> nothing else has been that exciting. Making and losing that amount of money at once, 
And so if you can afford to lose it, I would do it. It's fun. But if you can't, don't. Yeah, once again, Chris is not a financial advisor. I just want to make that clear, listeners. So we do not get sued or called out for that. Just wanted to throw that in there. On another vein, I guess to, to kind of piggyback off of what Chris is saying, if you if you are interested in personal finance, but you don't want to be taking those risks that Wall Street bets encourages, maybe not encourages, but I guess kind of idolizes, index funds are a very safe way to invest in the market. In general, the market is always moving upwards. Maybe not, maybe not today and tomorrow, but maybe today and three months from now or six months from now or a year from now. So index funds, very nice. Other, I think previously mentioned subreddits, personal finance, financial independence is also another great subreddit. If you just want to learn the ins and outs of smart investing and also just in general, how to not be dependent on your job to, I don't know, actually have income. That's a great place to look. So in general, money, I mean, money is valuable. So unless you have a bunch of money to burn, I would say be smart with it. Great. And once again, Alejandro is not a financial advisor. Neither am I. But I need to say that for reasons in order to not get sued and etc. <laughs> Anyways, for me, I will say that to anyone who is listening to this podcast, be careful. The internet is really weird as we're going to continue to explore. Uh, don't trust everything you read. Don't trust everything you see because you really don't know who's hiding behind these, you know, these profiles. You don't know who's really set out to gain from these situations because even as we speak, Wall Street Bets is filled with bots now, as opposed to before where it was filled with real people. So be careful. The internet is uh, an odd place, but once you get the hang of it, you'll be just fine. And in the same vein, once you get the hang of personal finance, you'll be just fine. But once again, we are not financial advisors, so we cannot give you advice. This is all just fun and games and memes. And that ends the fourth episode of the Weird Internet Podcast. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this journey called Wall Street Bets. We have quite a spicy episode next week. It's going to be about something very intimate to both the Twitterverse and just anyone who's in the tech industry. Some people like to call it the Elon stands. Someone like, you know, some people like to call it the Musk stands. But here on the Weird Internet Podcast, we like to call them the Elon Musk stands because they just love it all together. But anyways, join us as we try to figure out what does that mean and why are they so defensive of one billionaire? So once again, thank you all for listening and we will see you next time. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.